All right, people. We got part two right here. That's right. Third episode of the Heavy Hitters Sports Betting Podcast. But part two, because there was just too much to cover this weekend. Hey, guess what we're talking about? That's right. We have not talked about this yet, but T-Man is making his debut here with picks, plays, and parlays, and we are talking UFC. Mixed martial arts. You know what? The, the, the pressure is on. You you had an extremely st- strong start for these uh, past two episodes, but you know what? I'm excited. Yeah, I- you know what? Uh, <laughs> no, this is good. A little bit of variety in this, and that's, uh, that's w- what we've been waiting for, right? We've had uh, some soccer early uh, last week and, and this week, so... That's been fun, but you know what? It's going to be really fun to get this UFC going. We're going to start her off. It is UFC on ABC. Holloway versus Cater. All right. So you know what? We're going to cover the the main card. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm taking over here. You're giving the plays. You're giving the picks. I'll be the damn host. Wow. We're, we're, doing, a bit, we're doing a bit of a role no, reversal absolutely. here. Absolutely. We're starting here. We're going right to the main card, right? That's how we're starting. Yep. For, first fight on okay, the main so card. We're going to the main card. And the first fight on the main card, we got Joaquin Buckley, which, if I'm not mistaken, threw that absolute leg kick knockout not too long ago. Oh, yeah. It's just, and, and, and you know what? Uh, folks who don't follow UFC, uh, they're, they're going to know what I'm talking about here. It was all over ESPN the following day. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's fighting Alicio Di Chirico. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so here's the thing. Let's talk about Joaquin Buckley here. Cause th- this gets me going another. Um, though, so Joaquin Buckley comes in last minute. Uh, and for, for people who are hardcore MMA fans, they're going to know this name. Joaquin Buckley is the middleweight version of Paul Daly, who Paul Daly was a welterweight fighter. So fighting at 170, who was in famous for punching Josh Koscheck after the bell, he gets low. His, his hands are up close like he's Mike Tyson. So he's got a little bit of a peekaboo guard. Stance is fairly wide. And he loves throwing chopping leg kicks, kicks to the body. And when he's going to come in on you, he's going to come in with big hooks. Now tell me though, T-Man. Yeah. Where is the value in Joaquin Buckley? He and, is favored right now at minus 270. And, and so here's the thing. It, it's gone. It does not exist. And you know what? Joaquin Buckley excites me because I know in the future he's going to fight somebody and I'm going to have a hell of a time fading. Okay, but him. here's the thing. You can take Joaquin Buckley with what you've been saying. Yeah. At 1.95 for a win by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission. But here's the thing. And let's enter Alessio Di Chirico. Okay. I don't think... Uh, Alessio has a chance that he's going to last. Okay. You got to understand, Joaquin Buckley fights these guys who the guy he had fought with the spinning kick, that guy came in on a week's notice. So maybe we're getting a little bit too excited. And, and, and that's it. We are getting too excited. Okay. Because so who he's about to fight now is a gentleman who, who's been in the UFC for quite some time. Back in 2016, he made his UFC debut. He is not the greatest fighter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a huge fan of Alessio. In fact, Alessio costed me because I bet Alessio when he last fought Zach Cummings. And Here's the way Alessio fights. Alessio fights, he likes to be in the center of the octagon. He'll paw out at his opponents, maybe throw one kick, one punch, and then he does not do much activity. And so that's why you take Joaquin Buckley here. That's why I don't think you take Alessio uh, to win this fight. Because you, Joaquin Buckley is going to be far more aggressive and far more active. But that being said, I do not know if he's going to have the same ability to knock Alessio out. I actually do see this fight potentially going to a decision. Okay. Um, 
Alessio is, he's pretty battle-tested. I mean, I'm going to take a look at his last four fights. Uh, he's gone to a decision in the last four fights. Lost three. He's on a bit of a losing streak, obviously, so he's lost the last three. But he is pretty durable. Now, in the Zach Cummings fight, uh, it, you, it's honestly a toss-up right up until the last round. In the last round, in the very last second before the bell rings, Zach Cummings throws a head kick. And I use this in quotations. He knocks Alessio out. The bell rings. Alessio drops to the ground. So the ref helps him back up. But as Alessio's walking back to his corner, he, he drops on his knees. He's He was done. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could get a knockout win. I, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. This is a much higher level of competition that he's about to step into. Yep. Um, he does win this, though. I, I really, okay. I strongly believe that. So that was my next question. Is Joaquin Buckley a parlay piece? And so this is the thing. You can parlay this guy. I, I do feel confident enough because if Alessio had a high work rate, so if he was able to push the pace, then, yeah, you know what? I would be concerned for this fight, and I'd probably take Alessio. But because he's such a laid-back fighter who doesn't really push the pace, I, there's not much concern on my part. The only part, actually, I will actually say that would concern me, Alessio in his fights will sometimes barrel forward and just start throwing left and right hooks. It's in these moments that he wins rounds. That's And Zach Cummings' fight, the only reason it was close is because the first round, that's what he did near the end of it. Joaquin Buckley, when he comes forward, he throws left and right hooks. He lunges towards his opponent. He's a more polished striker in the sense that he'll pivot off uh, and strike his opponents with a hook as a counter, but it doesn't matter. He'll still lunge forward. If these two lunge forward at the same time, and the longer they stand in front of each other and throw hooks, there is always the opportunity that somebody gets dropped. We've seen Joaquin Buckley get dropped by Kevin Holland in the first round and then the third. So it's that is the only concern here. But you have to side with the fighter, I think, that has the better overall striking. Yeah. Um, and that is Joaquin Buckley. Awesome. Okay. So moving on. The third fight we have here in the main card. We're looking at Santiago Pazanibio. And I believe he's making his return back to the uh, octagon here. And he's facing uh, no slouch here in Li Jingliang. The, uh, I think they call him the leech. The leech. Yes. Talk to us about these two fighters. Um, I know you're excited about this one, Santiago's return. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're leaning him, uh, but I'm going to let you break down these two fighters. Yeah. So, uh, man, like the, 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 this card is going to be good. Be, uh, Li Jing Lian is a fun fighter. And you know what? I've, I've had good success in betting him. And But but let's talk about Santiago Ponzinibbio because the, the, he's the real fighter that we, need, we should be focusing on here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Lee in a second. <clears throat> Santiago Ponzinibbio is an amazing striker. I mean, he has a beautiful leg kick. He has an excellent jab. And the jab is a strike you really don't see used that well in MMA. But he has an excellent snapping jab followed by the, a right hook that he'll bring or sometimes a right straight. This guy is is a, a master at the stand-up. When he fought Neil Magny, he pretty much bullied Neil Magny up against the fence. He's great at cutting off the fence and controlling the distance in the octagon. Um, Li Jinglian really does doesn't is not as polished as him lee has a good uh inside kick that'll throw off the front leg um he has a good jab he has a good straight and he has some decent hooks but the, what's really been Li Jing liang's bread and butter is because of his power he's he's a bit of a brawler i mean he's not the most technical guys guy i will say he has shown massive improvements from fight to fight i mean you'll see him some of his early fights he he's moving in straight lines backing up in a straight line getting caught up against the fence and then he'll literally fight the next fight and be circling out. So he's a quick learner, but 
Santiago Ponzinibbio will be just the more proficient striker mm-hmm. and should outbox Li Jingliang. Okay. Now, the asterisk here yep. is if Santiago Ponzinibbio comes in looking like he used to. Okay. Because a two-year layoff, that's... So that's where I was going to come at you next. It, is there value at plus 260 in Lee because of the rust in Ponzinibbio? It, it, and you know what? At this point, it, you're, you're taking a chance here because this is what's going to happen. Santiago comes out looking like he fought like he did against Neil Magny. It looks like he hasn't missed a beat. He, I, I think he beats Lee badly. I, I really do. Now, if he comes out a little bit rusty, Lee has the ability to make this a dogfight. Yeah. When he, when Santiago fought Mike Perry, he, he's somewhat tired in the, the third round, and Perry had success by just bulldozing forward ahead. So we're talking just lunging and throwing power shots. Okay. Santiago's best work is when he com- corners somebody against the fence and just unloads on them. He's not the greatest in the open area. Legion Leanne will do that sometimes. He will just barrel forward. And because he has power, he finds success. I've never seen Santiago rattled inside the octagon. But he's no spring chicken. He's he's 34 years old now. He's coming, coming off a two-year layoff. It's not outside the realm of the possibility that he looks rough, that he might be slightly out of shape. And if so, Li Jinglian, somebody who comes in in shape all the time, has immense power, I could see him giving him a hard time. If yeah. Li Jingliang makes good a brawl, he very well could take a win against Ponzinibbio. But the problem is we just don't know what to expect. It's it's a bit of a coin flip. I Honestly, I'm going to lean Ponzinibbio. The one thing I would say, and I'd love to know the odds for this, Ponzinibbio by unanimous decision. Uh, so to go by decision, the win by decision is 2.87. See, I, I like that. So there's lots of value. I, I don't see a world where he finishes Lee. And I'm I you know what I might eat this my words because he might just come out of looking tremendous. But but Lee's no slouch. I think Lee can make it a brawl. Um I, I could see a, a world where Ponzinibbio starts off slow. I just know, takes I, it in all, all in after a couple of year layoff. Exactly. Right? And you know what he he's been in the news and he's been saying that like uh or not in the news, but in the MMA media he's talking like oh I, he's I'm going to break Lee. Like, this is the worst fight that Lee's ever taken. But but really, at the end of the day, uh, there is no reason that Lee can't have a decent fight against Santiago. When when Lee fought Neil Magny, he wrestled most of the time. And you just, you've as of late, you don't wrestle Neil Magny. But when he is standing at striking range, he's, he's not incompetent. And you know what? His power could be enough to rattle Ponzinibbio to get him to back off a little bit. And I could see the fight drawing out. So the, the lean here would be Santiago Ponzinibbio. I, I would think that he would win by unanimous decision. Uh, in fact, Lee, I don't think, has ever been finished by KO inside the UFC. So, yeah, that, that's the way I'm going to go for this fight. Would you say Santiago good parlay piece as well? Or I, 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 don't, I don't want to say he's a parlay piece, again, because of the yes, we okay. haven't seen him for two years. Absolutely. You know, after this fight, I'll tell you what. Uh, if he picks up where, where, left, where he left off, yeah. he's a top 10 a welterweight. Yeah. I don't know if he's top five because I can't think of the top five off the top of my head, but I would feel much more confident depending on his next fight. Okay. We just, we have to see what we're, what we're getting for this fight. Awesome. All right. So moving on to the co-main event, we have uh minus 170 Carlos Condit versus your boy, Matt Brown. And I know this guy is someone special to your heart. Uh, you like betting on him, but now, Doing this podcast, you're going to play a little smarter, aren't you? Here, 
Yeah. So you, you, to be completely honest here, um, you, you got to bet with your head, right? You can't follow your heart. Matt Brown is my boy. I've, I can remember watching him back when uh, I was in high school. His fight with Eric Silva is still to this day one of my favorite fights. I saw him fight live in Toronto against Cow- uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Matt, I even have a shirt uh, with Matt Brown's face on it so that, that have, he sold. You I, have just about everything. I, I'm Matt a, Brown. I am a super fan for Matt Brown. You are lo- a super fan for Matt Brown. I love his fighting style. I love his story. Um, they're a huge Matt Brown fan. But I, you've got to admit that it is not a good matchup for him when he's fighting Carlos Condit. Okay. L- let's let's do a quick uh, let's talk about Condit here, yeah, real tell quick. Tell me why. Tell me why this is not a good fight for Matt Brown. Matt Brown, he was set to fight a long time ago, back when Carlos Condit was a number top five contender, and Matt Brown was on the cusp of potentially getting a title shot. This fight was signed. It fell out multiple times. I'm pretty sure, honestly, they tried to get this fight to to actually happen about three or four times can't remember doesn't matter matt brown again like condit he's at the end of his career last fight he fights miguel beza now miguel beza contender series fighter and honestly i i did not know this up until when the fight started and one of the announcers got on and said oh he's off the contender series and as soon as i heard that i thought oh jesus christ <laughs> matt brown has a great first round he he doesn't look like the matt brown of old in the sense that he uh, he's a he's a lot slower but that's to be expected uh and he ends up dropping miguel beza and i'm thinking again i should clarify i had a bet on brown fucking hey here we go this is good old brown but this is where the issue is going to be for the Condit fight. Second round, Brown comes out. Honestly, first few seconds, and boom, gets dropped. Brown can win this fight. There is a path to victory for Brown. And if the Brown of old, the Brown who fought Eric Silva, came out and fought against Carlos Condit, he can beat Condit. If he's aggressive and puts Condit on the back foot, Condit can't do what he likes to normally do striking-wise. If he made this a dirty fight, he can win this fight. If he tried to grapple, he could win this fight. If he gets close within the clinch range and throws Condit down every so often using one of his trips that he did so successfully against Eric Silva or even Robbie Lawler, he can win this fight. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Matt Brown is not going to do that. And Matt Brown, or sorry, Matt Brown, because he's a bit older, he just doesn't have the durability he used to. He's he's, He's dropping now to these shots he never used to. He always had an issue, honestly, with taking shots to the body. He's been dropped multiple times that way but he's still gone on back to win these fights. The problem becomes is that he just doesn't have the durability to take the shots and then potentially come back. So there is a world, the way I see this fight playing out, Matt Brown's going to come off hot out of the gate. He's going to land some punches and Condit's going to feel it. But, but Condit is going to either throw kicks to the body. He'll chin check him with a, maybe a right hook or left hook. And, and he's going to hurt Brown. And if he doesn't finish Brown in that moment, Brown's confidence will kind of drop off. And it's going to be like the Robbie Lawler fight. When Robbie Lawler against Matt Brown, realistically, Matt Brown could have won that fight. Very first round, Robbie Lawler throws a mean left hook at Matt Brown. Smashes Matt Brown. And Matt Brown kind of backs up and in his mind thinks, Jesus Christ, that hurt. I don't want that anymore. He makes it a kickboxing match. When at the end of the day, he needs to make it a brawl. And he just does not have the durability to continue these brawls like he used to. So the pick here is Carlos Condit. Regrettably, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. Um, I hate to go against my boy, Matt Brown. But we, we got to be smart here. It's Condit. 
So is Condon an official play at 1.6 odds? Or would you consider him more of a parlay piece? Yeah, you know what? Uh, a straight-up pick, I could I could see it going that way. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd feel comfortable with that. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't feel comfortable with, say, taking Condit by decision or to TKO this fight. I just don't. I could see a world where it goes three rounds. Yeah. But I can also see a world where he, he finishes off Brown. Um, hate, hate to say it. So, yeah, but I, I would definitely lead in Condit. Okay, perfect. All right. So that's the co-main event we have here. Now we're moving on to the main event, and we have what a battle we have here. Number one, Max Holloway versus number six, Calvin Qatar. Max Holloway coming in at minus 160 odds. Calvin Qatar plus 140. All right, T-Man. This is the fight of the weekend. Give us the breakdown. What do we got here? Yeah, this is it. This is uh, So this is big. Max Holloway probably the, um, in some people's mind, the featherweight champion. His second fight against Alexander Volkanovsky, very close. Okay. And, and to be completely honest, a fight that I had thought that Max had won. Um, and he's taking on uh, Calvin Cater, which uh, a fighter who, uh, you know what? He, he's developed quite a bit. He's developed quite a bit in the UFC. Good boxing, good straight jab followed by a, a right cross uh, or straight right, I should say. Uh, one of the best in the business, to be completely honest. Uh, very good matchup. To top level competition. So, 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 how's how do we think this is going to play out? Um, I'm leaning Holloway here. Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask you first. Holloway yeah. against Volkanovski. Can okay. you say that maybe Max Holloway got robbed in that second fight? R- robbed is a hard word to say because the first time we watched it, I'm not going to lie, I was heavily under the influence of alcohol. Um, so, uh, you, you know what? You, you can't judge a fight. But when you rewatch that fight, it, it's a close fight. That's what you've got to say. Yeah. But but here's the big thing, and, and this is something I wanted to highlight. There's no doubt that Max Holloway loses the first Alexander Volkanovsky yeah, fight. Yeah, absolutely. He, he lost it. And uh, he just wasn't able to adapt like he normally does. And that's not a shot against Holloway. That's just explaining how good... Volkanovsky is second fight. He comes out and fights a completely different game plan fights in a different stance. Um, he's able to deal with the leg kicks much better, uh, pressures Volkanovsky much better. And in my opinion, wins that fight. But when you rewatch it, it's by no means a robbery, but it's a very close fight against two competitive guys who are number probably one and two in that whole division. All right. The, I have read breakdowns talking about the size of Calvin going into this fight. This will be one of the largest opponents Max fights. He has a pretty significant reach advantage. I want to say off the top of my head, it's 62 inches, while Max Holloway is 69 inches. Uh, both fighters stand around 5'11", I think, off the top of my head. I know you're going to correct me if I'm wrong here, Stapes. Yeah, so your reach advantage there is 72 inches for Cater yep. and 69 for Holloway. Mm-hmm. Both 5'11". Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. So, so... so a lot's been made of the size discrepancy. And, and there, there is a belief that that Calvin will possess enough power to potentially stop Holloway. And, you know, it, it, it's definitely a concern because when you think back to the Dustin Poirier fight, Max Holloway goes into that fight. He's undersized, first off. Um, he's a featherweight going up to lightweight off not much notice. Uh, I, I can't, I'm trying to think why that fight even got made. There was a last-minute dropout. Um, I want to say it was Tony Ferguson. Could be wrong. Not 
my, probably going to edit that part out. Anyways, last minute fight gets made. And honestly, Holloway doesn't look bad. Holloway comes at him with the volume. He's pushing forward, pressuring. But every time Dustin is able to land, he rocks Holloway. It hurts him. And that's something that Holloway up until that point had not really experienced. I mean, he had fought Ortega and Ortega had landed some good shots on him that made him pause, so to speak. And Ortega wasn't a, a striker. So is that something to be of concern? It, it, it raises a red flag to a certain extent. But the, here's the thing. Max Holloway, to me, is the best striker in that division. He's one of the most intelligent strikers. He's able to mix it up with a wide variety of strikes. Calvin, on the other hand, as much as people want to fall in love with his boxing, because he has a beautiful straight jab followed by straight right, he has beautiful shots to the body, uh, he's a bit... He's a, he doesn't throw a lot of variety. It's very one, two, one, two. It always seems that he wants to lunge forward with the jab followed by the right. He doesn't throw a lot to mix it up. Now he's an evolving fighter. I'll give him that. We've been seeing him use more leg kicks and whatnot, which is what Alexander Volkanovsky used against Holloway the first round. But what I assume is going to happen, Holloway is a pressure fighter. That's where he makes his money. It's moving forward on people. He is going to move forward on Calvin and he's going to mix it up. And as a result, Calvin is going to become frustrated out of that. Calvin will have difficulty with that. We saw one other gentleman do that against Calvin, and that was Zebit. Whole, Zebit's whole game plan was to move in and get close to Calvin. I don't even think Calvin was ready for that game plan. Because when you pressure forward and you push Calvin back, he's no longer able to get that room to move forward and throw the jabs and the right crosses at you. It's, it becomes much harder to do that. I think Max Holloway is going to be able to frustrate Calvin. That being said, Calvin has shots in this fight of winning. He has good power. You can't ever ignore that. And if he's able to land, say, a, a looping elbow, like what he threw against Jeremy Stevens, there's, it shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that Max Holloway can get hurt and lose a round. That's what people just need to realize. This is not going to be a blowout fight. This is not going to be Max Holloway potentially winning every round. There is a chance that Calvin wins a few rounds here and there. But I think the volume with the mixture of the strikes is going to frustrate Calvin. I think it's going to be something he hasn't seen before. And this is going to be the type of fight that Calvin loses but comes back and he's going to be stronger for it. You know, this is a, he's jumping quite a significant leap from going from Dan Ige to fighting potentially the number one to number two fighter in the featherweight division so you got to lean somewhere it's leaning max holloway i think the experience the variety of strikes the pressure that he's going to be able to push put on calvin i think it's going to be too much i know there's a lot of people banking on the size and the power of calvin i think he's just not able to employ that like he he's been able to do in the past holloway's just a little bit too much so I, I'm definitely am leaning Holloway. I'll tell you what, you want to get a little risky here. You want to put a little bit of extra money down. Uh, Holloway by decision. I'd love to know the odds there. That's something that I, I don't see a world where Holloway finishes Calvin because I think it is a close fight and I think he's respective or respectful of Calvin's power. But what, yeah, what T-Man, you're, you're looking at 2.37 odds there. So definitely value. I, I, um, in in the, the KO, that's 4.33. So obviously... You don't think that's going to happen? I, I don't. I, I don't see. Max has never been a power puncher. No, right? absolutely. He, he, he swarms in with volume. And if someone's getting a knockout, I hate to say it, it's Calvin. Calvin will, would, would get the knockout. But I, like I said, I lean Holloway, and I like the idea of Holloway by unanimous decision. There's 
no world, in my opinion, where he's shooting for a, a takedown in this fight. So you don't need to really worry about submission. If they get in some sort of weird scramble, Holloway will probably want to just pop back up and continue the push forward. Um, I And you know what? For example, when, Ka- when Max Holloway fought Dustin Poirier, Dustin Poirier would land these bombs on him, and Holloway would get hurt, and he would start backpedaling. But what's the first first thing he does when he starts to gain a little bit of consciousness? He moves forward. You've got to move forward on Calvin. If you follow that same game plan that Zabit fought in the first and second round where he's just pushing and Calvin just can't get his footing, I think that's how you beat him. And I think the pressure is just going to be too much. Again, Max Holloway. And you know what? <laughs> Max Holloway by decision. Okay. You know that's an official play? Yeah. Max Holloway, and then Max Holloway by decision. I okay. like it. So Max Holloway as a minus 160 favorite. Yeah. Do you take that as a single bet as well? That's a single bet, yeah. This I, is very similar to Carlos Condit at minus 170. I, I feel better about the Carlos Condit because Matt Brown, or Condit has never been finished, first off. Um, Matt Brown is is higher in age and less durability. Okay. Cal- Calvin has durability. Um, so does Max. But I, I hate banking on durability. I, I hate that because... Everyone is durable until they get knocked out, and then they're they're viewed as just just glass chin. Yeah. Um, so to recap here, a couple of your the the five fights on the main card, you have leaned on all five uh, favorites here. Hundred percent. Yes, all I did. Chalk here. Um, is there something you could see like a parlay with any of these fighters that you would potentially? Uh, throw a couple in together, maybe a two play. You know what? Uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, I like his fighting style. I think it's going to be enough against Alicio. Um, who else are we thinking? I don't want to go with the two contender series fighters, or sorry, the two fighters that just came off the contender series. Yeah. So, so you know what I, I would say is I probably parlay him with Carl, Carlos Condit. Okay. I don't know what the odds would be right there, but those would probably be the two fighters that I would yeah. be. The, yeah, the two fighters I'd be the most confident with. Uh, again, the issue with Santiago Ponzinibbio, and I know he's a heavy favorite, is just um, we don't know what he's going to look yeah. like after two years. And Li Jingliang does pack a little bit of pop to his punches. So, like, fuck it. You, you just you don't know what's so, going to happen there. Yeah, with Buckley and Connit together, you're looking at plus money there, uh, 2.16. So uh, if you were to do that, that looks uh, that looks good value-wise. But, uh, yeah, no. So you're leaning all chalk here. Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, this this looks good. I, I like the plays that you've uh, you've broken down here for us. Uh, yeah, no, this should be like we said. This should be a great great card. Um, I believe we have a card next Wednesday as well. We do. Michael and Chiesa next Wednesday, or next Saturday. I mean, we've got Michael Chiesa against Neil Magny on the next card, and then following that, we have oh. the return of Connor Connor. McGregor, and he's going to fight Dustin Poirier in a rematch. Um, obviously you got to tune in for the episode to see here, the breakdown for those. And obviously we're going to break them down. Um, yeah, fuck. I'm excited. I'm glad the UFC is back. Um, this is going to be a great card to, to kick her off. Uh, unfortunate that we're leading all favorites to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, the way that's the way it goes. And, and you know what, where the potential underdog plays of potentially like say a Legion Liang or even a Calvin Cater. I just, I, I want to see a bit more. Yeah. I, I just want to see a bit more. All right. So that is the conclusion of our two-part episode three of the Heavy Hitters Sports Betting Podcast. Wow. What a podcast that was, let me tell you. Yeah. No, this is uh, this is fun. We've uh, we've broken down some more soccer we have this weekend. Uh, exciting matches. Um, you just heard T-Man go off on the UFC, uh, the main card there with the five fights. So, um, yeah, like we've talked about before uh, with our Twitter handles and Instagram, 
um, you know, follow us on those. Uh, we'll we'll give we'll give live plays. Um, we'll talk about stuff on those uh, accounts as well. Um, I believe we'll be back Monday for another breakdown of more soccer midweek, and then I think uh, about the card, the Wednesday card in UFC. Is that right, T Man? That's right. We'll be breaking down in the next episode uh, some soccer as well as the Wednesday card. So uh, Neil Magny against Michael Chiesa. Excited to do that one. Yeah. No. So this is uh, this is what you live for, right? We're sitting here Thursday night. We're, we're, we're one day closer to the weekend. Um, I mean, we get up for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Uh, we go, we go, we go all week looking into these uh, these plays uh, for you guys. So, um, no, this is uh, this is what we want to do, oh, and uh, we're excited to share with you guys. And hopefully, we can uh, make some moolah out of this. Hey, because that, that, at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. There we go. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Stapes. Yep, T-Man, best of luck this weekend. Uh, Hopefully we can come back on here Monday and uh, go over some uh, good reviews. Excellent.